Hi and welcome to Sleep Cave, the place to come for a great night's sleep. Tonight I'm reading out another Norse myth. This one is called Odin Wins for Men, the Magic Mead. This story is a continuation of part two of the Children of Odin, where Odin goes wandering on the earth. And let's begin. Odin wins for men, the magic mead. It was the dwarfs who brewed the magic mead. It was the giants who hid it away. But it was Odin who brought it from the place where it was hidden and gave it to the sons of men. Those who drank of the magic mead became very wise. And not only that, but they could put their wisdom into such beautiful words that everyone who heard would love and remember it. The dwarfs brewed the magic mead through cruelty and villainy. They made it out of the blood of a man. The man was Kwasir, the poet. He had wisdom and he had such beautiful words with it, that what he said was loved and remembered by all. The dwarves brought Kwasir down into the caverns, and they killed him there. Now, they say, we have Kwasir's blood and Kwasir's wisdom. No one else will have his wisdom but us. They poured the blood into three jars, and they mixed it with honey, and from it they brewed the magic mead. Having killed a man, the dwarves became more and more bold. They came out of their caverns, and went up and down through Midgard, the world of men. They went into Jotunheim, and began to play their evil tricks on the most harmless of the giants. They came upon one giant, who was very simple. Jinning was his name. They persuade Jinning to row them out to sea in a boat, and the two most cunning of the dwarfs, Galar and Fialar, steered the boat onto a rock. The boat split, Jinning who could not swim was drowned. The dwarves clambered up on pieces of the boat and came safely ashore. They were so delighted with their evil tricks that they wanted to play some more of them. Gala and Fiala then thought of a new piece of mischief they might do. They led their band of dwarfs to Gilling's house and screamed out to his wife that Gilling was dead. The giant's wife began to weep and lament. At last she rushed out of the house weeping and clapping her hands. Now Galar in the filiar had clambered up on the lintel of the house and as she came running out, they cast a millstone on her head, 
he struck her and she fell down dead. More and more, the dwarves were delighted at the destruction they were making. They were so insolent now that they made up songs and sang them. Songs that were all a boast of how they killed Quasir the poet and Gilling the giant and Gilling's wife. They stayed around Jotunheim, tormenting all who whom they were able to torment, and flattering themselves that they were great and strong. They stayed too long, however. Satung, Jilling's brother, tracked them down and captured them. Satung was not harmless and simple like Jilling his brother. He was cunning and he was covetous. Once they were in his hands, the dwarves had no chance of making an escape. He took them and left them on a rock in the sea, a rock that the tide would cover. The giant stood up in the water, taller than the rock, and the tide as it came in did not rise above his knees. He stood there watching the dwarves as the water rose up round them, and they became more and more terrified. Oh, take us off the rock, good Satung, they cried out to him. Take us off the rock and we will give you gold and jewels. Take us off the rock and we will give you a necklace as beautiful as Briz Ingamen. So they cried out to him, but the giant Satung only laughed at them. He had no need of gold or jewels. Then Fiala and Galar cried out, Take us off the rock and we will give you the jars of the magic mead we have brewed. The magic mead, said Satung. This is something that no one else has. It would be well to get it, for it might help us in the battle against the gods. Yes, I will get the magic mead from them. He took the band of dwarfs off the rock but he held Galar and Fiala, their chiefs, while the others went into the caverns and brought up the jars of the magic mead. Satung took the mead and brought it to a cavern in a mountain near his dwelling, and thus it happened that the magic mead brewed by the dwarfs through cruelty and villainy came into the hands of the giants, and the story now tells how Odin, the eldest of the gods, at that time in the world as Vegtam the Wanderer, took the magic mead out of Satung's possession, and brought it into the world of men. Now Satung had a daughter named Gunlod, and she by her goodness and her beauty was like Gerdi and Skadi, the joint maids whom the dwellers in Asgard favoured. Satung thought he might have a guardian for the magic mead, enchanted Gunnlod, turning her from a beautiful joint maiden 
into a witch with long teeth and sharp nails. He shut her into the cavern where the jars of the magic mead were hidden. Odin heard of the death of Kwasir, who he honoured above all men. The dwarfs who slew him he had closed up in their caverns, so that they were never able to come out into the world of men, and then he set out to get the magic mead, that he might give it to men, so that tasting it they would have wisdom and words, would be at their command, and would make wisdom loved and remembered. How Odin won the magic mead, out of the rock covered cavern where Satun had hidden it, and how he broke the enchantment that lay upon Gunnlod, Satun's daughter, is a story often told around the hearths of men. Nine strong thralls were mowing in a field as a wanderer went by clad in a dark blue cloak and carrying a wondrous staff in his hand. One of the thralls spoke to the wanderer. Tell them in the house of Baugi up yonder that I can mow no more until a whetstone to sharpen my scythe is sent to me. Here is a whetstone, said the wanderer, and he took one from his belt. The thrall who had spoken wetted his scythe with it and began to mow. The grass went down before his scythe as if the wind had cut it. Give us a whetstone, give us a whetstone, cried the other thralls. The wanderer threw the whetstone amongst them, leaving them quarrelling over it and went on his way. The wanderer came to the house of Baugi, the brother of Satung. He rested in Baggy's house, and at supper time he was given food at the great table. And while he was eating with a giant, a messenger from the field came in. Baugi, said the messenger, your nine thralls are dead, they killed each other with their scythes, fighting in the field about a whetstone, there are no thralls now to do your work. What shall I do, what shall I do, said Balki the giant, my fields will not be mown now, and I shall have no hay to feed my cattle and my horses in the winter. I might work for you, said the wanderer, one man's work is no use to me, said the giant, I must have the work of nine men. I shall do the work of nine men, said the wanderer, give me a trial and see. The next day, Vegtam the wanderer went into Bauke's field, he did as much work as the nine thralls had done in a day. Stay with me for the season, 
said Baugi, I shall give you a full reward. So Vegdam stayed at the giant's house and worked in the giant's fields. And when all the work of the season was done, Baugi said to him, Speak now and tell me what reward I am to give you. The only reward I shall ask of you, said Vajtam, is draught of the magic mead. The magic mead, said Baugi, I do not know where it is or how to get it. Your brother Satung has it. Go to him and claim a draught of the magic mead for me. Baugi went to Satung, but when he heard what he had come for, the giant Satung turned on his brother with rage. A drought of the magic mead, he said, to no one will I give a draught of the magic mead. I have not enchanted my daughter, Gondlod, so that she may watch over it. And you tell me that a wanderer who has done the work of nine men for you asks a draught of the magic mead for his fee. O giant as jidding, O oaf of a giant, who could have done such work for you, and who would demand such a fee from you, but one of our enemies of the Azir? Go from me now and never come to me again with talk of the magic mead. Baugi went back to his home and told the wanderer that Satung would yield none of the magic mead. I hold you to your bargain, said Vegtam the wanderer, and you will have to get me the fee I asked. Come with me now and help me to get it. He made Baugi bring him to the place where the magic mead was hidden. The place was a cavern in the mountain. In front of that cavern was a great mass of stone. We cannot move that stone, nor get through it, said Baugi. I cannot help you to your fee. The wanderer drew an auger from his belt. This will bore through the rock if there is strength behind it. You have the strength, giant. Begin now and bore. Baugi took the auger in his hands and bored with all his strength, and the wanderer stood by leaning on his staff, calm and majestic in his cloak of blue. I have made a deep, deep hole. It goes through the rock, Baugi said, at last. The wanderer went to the hole and blew into it. The dust of the rock blew back into their faces. So that is your boasted strength, giant, he said. You have not pulled halfway through the rock. Work again. Then Baugi took the auger again and he bored deeper and deeper into the rock. And he blew into it, and lo, 
his breath went through, and he looked at the wanderer to see what he could do. His eyes had become fierce, and he held the auger in his hands as if it were a stabbing knife. Look up to the head of the rock, said the wanderer. As Balgi looked up, the wanderer changed himself into a snake and glided into the hole of the rock. And Balgi struck at him with the auger, hoping to kill him, but the snake slipped through. Behind the mighty rock, there was a hollow place all lighted up by the shining crystals in the rock, and within the hollow place, there was an ill-looking witch, with long teeth and sharp nails, but she sat there, rocking herself and letting tears fall from her eyes, oh youth and beauty, she sang, oh sight of women and men, sad sad for it, is that you are shut away, and that I have only this closed in cavern, and this horrible form, a snake glided across the floor, oh that you were deadly, and that you might slay me, cried the witch, a snake glided past her, she heard a voice speak softly, Gunlod, Gunlod, she looked around, and there, standing behind her, was a majestic man, clad in a cloak of dark blue, Odin, the eldest of the gods. You have come to take the magic mead that my father has set me to guide, she cried. You shall not have it, rather shall I spill it out on the thirsty earth of the cavern. Gunlord, he said, and he came to her, she looked at him, and she felt the red blood of youth come back into her cheeks, she put her hands with their sharp nails over her breast, as she felt the nails drive into her flesh, save me from all this ugliness, she cried, I will save you, Odin said, he went to her, took her hands and held them, he kissed her on the mouth, all the marks of ill favour went from her, she was no longer bent, but tall and shapely, her eyes became wide and deep blue, her mouth became red and her hands soft and beautiful, she became fair as Gerda the giant maid, whom Frey wed, they stayed looking at each other, and they sat down side by side and talked softly to each other, Odin the eldest of the gods, and Gunnlod the beautiful giant maid, she gave him three jars of the magic mead, and she told him she would go out of the cabin with him, three days passed and still they were together, then Odin 
by his wisdom found hidden paths and passages that led out of the cavern, and he brought Gunnod out into the light of the day, and he brought with him the jars of the magic mead, the mead whose taste gives wisdom, and wisdom is such beautiful a word that all love and all remember it. And Gunnod, who had tasted a little of the magic mead, wandered through the world, singing of the beauty and the might of Odin, and of her love for him.